0: Hello and welcome to the Hootball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Apatria, uh, and it's another special day. It's it's a wonderful Thursday morning. Well, it's actually Wednesday night, but this is, you guys will be hearing this Thursday morning. Uh, and we have a new person joining us today, and it's my wonderful good friend, Aaron Asmus, and Aaron, I want you to say hello, introduce yourself, say a little bit about yourself, kind of let everybody know, uh, you know, I guess who they're going to be listening to because Aaron's joining our team over here on the DFS uh, Today podcast. He's he's a wonderful kid. I'm really looking forward to him uh, being on here. And I mean, you know, kind of almost following in the footsteps, Aaron. I mean, you're you're going to be like my young Padawan because you're a journalism student. Uh, you're around the age where I started jumping into this, so this is cool, man. I'm really looking forward to having you on, but. Uh, tell us about yourself, man.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate it. And kind of from our first conversation, I could tell we 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 we're gonna work pretty we're going to work well together. so i'm I'm really excited to be here at hoopball DFS. and um, as you said, i I started DFS probably three years ago. started taking it really seriously three years ago. and you know I, I play nba moB, NFL, but my the first sport that i got into was nba dfs and primarily i would say i'm a cash game player um that's that's where i started learning how to build optimal lineups and that's something i really hope to bring to hoopball dfs in this podcast is trying to go through my process that's made me a successful player and like it Honestly, it didn't happen overnight, and I, I think that's probably the case for most DFS players and most pl- people trying to learn. They might be struggling a little bit, and I I think we can really bring some real value, so I'm excited. I'm ready to go.
0: Absolutely, man, and I, I, you're, I mean, I'm shocked, and you're telling me I can't just... Uh, throw 20 bucks in my account, enter that $20 GPP and take down a million and cash out. No, I know it's you're right. It <laughs> it's, it's never an overnight thing. I think everybody uh, starts off thinking that it's going to be easy. And then there's a learning curve, especially those people that start off high. And that's always wonderful that, you know, DK throws those beginner contests in there just to really uh, boost your ego to drop in some extra bucks once you get out of them. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to have you on here, man. I know you're going to bring a ton of value here. Having a cash game guy like yourself is extremely valuable. I, I play a little cash, but I'm primarily a GPP focus, especially when I'm on the shows. Um, I'm like a high risk, high reward. I'm looking for the guy that's uh, 0.06% owned on these massive slates. Nice. Uh, that's, that's kind of my niche, man. That's what I love doing. Uh, but you got to be able to you know distinguish between the guys that are going to be just the rock solid, go-to, can't-miss guys as well. Uh, and that's where we got you man. So this is this is gonna be a good show Especially because we're gonna have a couple of those guys. I think we're gonna end up talking about but uh, you know Just uh, real quickly. We're just gonna give a quick shout out though to our presenting sponsors uh, I don't know if you've heard Aaron, but uh, we're working with manscape now, man So that means we're getting hooked up. We're getting thrown free goodies our way So perfect uh, we've been getting some some nice little shipments. I got a nice t-shirt and I've been rocking the lawnmower 3.0 It is absolutely fantastic uh, you know, there's nothing worse for a guy to only have one set of trimmers. So we need those two yeah. sets of trimmers. And if <laughs> you hop over there, I mean, they got everything too, man. They, you know, they got they got soaps, they got gels, they got all the fabulous goodies. And if you use promo code hoopball to uh, hoopball twenty, I'm sorry, hoopball twenty, and you get twenty percent off of free shipping on your order. So I would say take advantage of it. It's you know, if you're, I, I mean, everybody's heard the name a hundred times. So try it out. And if you're gonna try it out, get a nice little discount. Uh, and it makes us look good, let's be frank. So, uh, and a nice little shout out to Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Um, I live off this stuff, man. I, I I started first drinking it as I started working with them here. Uh, and I've been hooked ever since. It's literally fantastic stuff. Get the gold clip, attach to the bag, right to your front door, multiple different flavors. Uh, or if you're just a nice medium, dark roast, light roast, they got it all. So, check them out, K-Cups and that is it. So, I mean, we're we're continuing the theme. We're going to jump right into it. We've been talking about several teams. We're going to break down all 22 teams. By the time the season starts, we're going to talk about uh, who's in, who's out, kind of news updates, major keys, uh, things that you guys might have missed over the past three to four months with everything going on. Because to be honest, there's been more important things to worry about out there in the world than basketball. Uh, but there's a couple degenerates like us out there who have nothing better to do. And we've been taking notes. And we are here to supply them, Aaron. So, Absolutely. Let's jump right into this, man. We're going to start off with the San Antonio Spurs, uh, a team that we've already got a lot of the news out on, and it's some pretty important news. So uh, we'll start off with right on the top. LaMarcus Aldridge and Trey Lyles have both said that they will not be playing during this restart. Uh, So they are out, and the team also happened to sign Tyler Zeller. Uh, it looks like he's gonna be some center depth uh, But from the looks of it, it looks like our boy Jakob Pertl is gonna end up drawing the start for the better half of this uh, And I'm excited oh, about yeah. it, man. so uh, Let's jump time. right into this. I'm gonna let you run with it what, what are your thoughts on this whole situation with both these guys being out uh, the signing of Zeller? And I guess who should we be looking at uh, in DFS?
1: Yeah, so kind of going through the teams that we're gonna be talking about today the Spurs were by far the most interesting to kind of take a overall context look at, just because LaMarcus Aldridge is, you know, he's the 1B to DeMar DeRozan's 1A. He takes so much usage. You know, he's he's that starting center. He's in there 32 minutes a night. And that's quite a bit to replace. And what's, what's nice is we have a lot of, we have a big sample of games without Aldridge this season that, you know, kind of the remaining guys uh, all get a really, really big boost. And I think just because people are just very wary naturally of Popovich and the way he runs his rotations and the fact that he's not going to, he doesn't really extend guys other than DeMar DeRozan or Marcus Aldridge, I think there's some really good value here. So like you said, I think Jakub Pertl is going to be, depending on the price, I, I want to be I want to be totally in on this guy, you know. For in five games uh, without Aldridge, that Pirtle started, he had 26 minutes, 6.8 points per game, 8.2 rebounds per game, 2.6 assists per game, 2.8 blocks and steals per game. For and that's an 11 that ends up being an 11 point fantasy point per game boost over the games he played with Aldridge. So and kind of all the. The issue with all these guys, like, Pirtle is he's just, he's a fantastic fantasy point per minute guy, uh, but he just never, we can never really nail down consistent minutes with him. Either it's because Lamarcus Aldridge is out for a game, he comes back, you know, he, maybe he gets in Popovich's doghouse, but I think, especially since he's, he's kind of one of the younger guys on the team. This is a great chance for them to get a good look. If he's gonna be a foundational piece, he's up for a contract. Uh, he, he hits re- restricted free agency after the season. So if you if we kind of think logically about it, this would be a great opportunity to let him roll for 28 minutes per game, 28, or, or you know maybe even into the 30s and just kind of see what this guy really has, if he can be the starting center of the future for them. And if we if we get that if we get that price tag, he's he's just going to be an absolute he's just going to be an absolute smash if if we can kind of lock in that 28 minutes per game. I'm with uh, you, man. I'm 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 all over this guy. I think that uh, I know
0: that they mentioned also that they wanted to see Gay at center and uh, at some point. So ideally, um, you know, nor- I, I, when you were talking about those games with Aldridge out, I'm you know in those five games. Uh, I wonder if if Lyles was in those games because that was that was the other center option. That was the the other guy right. that they would go to. So Pirtle, if he wasn't playing thirty plus minutes, uh, it was because Lyles was taking some of those. So I mean. If, if we were to ever see Pirtle play something even close to 36 minutes, his per 36 numbers are fantastic. It's 11.4 points, 11.6 rebounds, 3.8 assists, 3 blocks, 1.1 steal. It's just production all across the board. Um, you know, not a shooter whatsoever. He's never going to take three-pointers. He's not a good shooter. He can't even shoot foul shots. But this guy's going to get it done in the paint. He's great defensively. Uh, and, I mean, I can't imagine, based on having i checked all of their matchups, um, but in those teams where they're going against bigger bodies, big center, large power forward, uh, they're going to have to play Pirtle big minutes at center. And I think those are the matchups. He's going to be extremely chalky. Um, he's definitely going to be a, a high-priority-owned cash game play, and I expect him to be fairly owned in GPPs. I think it's no secret, especially with the news coming out fairly early. I think everybody thought first thing when they saw Lyles and Aldridge out is to go to Pirtle. Uh, but it might be one of those chalks, depending on his price tag. Like you said, I think that's, that's the caveat for all these guys, depending on the price tag.
1: Um, He's going to be a very, very useful play. I mean, yeah. So you asked about with Lyles off the floor. Uh, he's a one point one fantasy point per minute uh, guy in six hundred sixty-seven minutes with Aldridge and Lyles off the floor. So I mean, if we're talking 30, 30 plus minutes for Pirtle, you know, he's he's gonna he's gonna be a guy who's you know he's getting that double double bonus. He's he's getting blocks and steals. He's kind of a he's an underrated passer. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just all all in on this guy. Absolutely, and I think um, you know the next obvious
0: choice that everyone will look to is DeMar DeRozan. And it's just because of that usage. Uh, you know, you were just talking about with Lyles and Aldridge both off the floor, and DeRozan's usage is over thirty percent, thirty one point four percent, and that's up four point four percent with those guys on, and he's averaging 1.23 D. Decoy- points per minute which is fantastic it's great but when you just said Pertle's averaging 1.1 uh we're only talking you know 0. 0.12 off for a guy that's probably gonna be 4k 2k or 4k or 3k less than DeMar DeRozan so uh I'm, I'm I'm excited about both those guys I don't know how much DeRozan I will end up getting I'll never knock somebody for playing him but I think early on I'm gonna be running out a lot of stars and scrubs lineups taking advantage of this mismatch pricing from guys being out and then spending up where I could. So, And DeRozan kind of falls right in that middle tier for me. Uh, but I would never knock anybody if they wanted to play him. It's obvious. It makes total sense on
1: why you would. I mean, yeah. DeRozan was kind of one of those weird guys this year where I ended up playing him a ton. Uh, just because Lamar Aldridge did miss 10 games this year. But he was also kind of just always stuck in that middle 7 to like 7.3K range on DraftKings. And just for the his player profile, you know he's going to play thirty-three to thirty-five minutes a night. He's the lead ball handler. He really upped his playmaking ability this year. Um, and just with quick numbers with Aldridge out, he was uh, thirty-five minutes per game, twenty-three points, twenty-three points per game, six point seven assists, five point nine rebounds, with a twenty-seven percent usage rate, and he got to the, he shot eight point eight free throw attempts per game. So he had a uh, just, I mean, just kind of all these guys, all these lead ball handlers are without Aldridge on the floor. It's kind of go time. So if we get if we get DeRozan in, in that middle, maybe like seven point five to seven point eight k range. It's it's just way too cheap for the role he's expected to have early going.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd expect I, with their algorithm that he's priced probably around that eight k to eighty eighty three eighty four. Um, They'll probably take advantage of that. I I mean, the only other guys I'm really looking at on this team, uh, DeJounte Murray, he's got a pretty solid usage with these guys out. He would be third on the team in usage behind uh, DeMar DeRozan, behind Gay. We've seen his sort of upside, especially if they decide to like run a Rudy Gay center lineup. Um, we'd have to wait and see exactly how much they would do that for. It'd probably only be like six or eight minutes at at most. But uh, we could see De- uh, DeJounte Murray take advantage of that small lineup and grab boards. We've seen him get up there and be able to just kind of stuff the stat sheet in multiple different ways. So he's another guy of slight interest, too. I wouldn't trust him in cash games. I mean, you'd, you'd be the guy to tell me he's a very up-and-down type player. Uh, but he does have a, a fairly high ceiling, and I think Rudy Gay might make sense in cash just because, uh, you know, with him having to play, with him having to play more power forward, rebounds being available, um, and they're going to need a little bit more of more floor spacing if Pirtle is going to be their starting center. Aldridge was able to kind of space out, take those mid-range jumpers. That's always been his game. Pirtle is basically, you know, eight feet and in is his zone. That's it, man. Right. So— um, I imagine that, you know, with him being second on the team in usage, he averages a little bit over a, a point, um, a DK point per minute with those guys out, one point zero seven. Uh, like like caveat, all depending on the price tag. But I kind of see him falling in that mid five range. And he's looking at probably a floor of around 30 to 32 gate DK points if he's playing 32 minutes. So uh, that's probably it, though. I'm not going to fall into the Tyler Zeller trap. Um, You know, we'd really have to kind of see him play at least 25 minutes and maybe if he's 3K on a short slate and you're desperate and maybe, but not something I'm trying. I just, you know, just signed with the
1: team not too long ago. But anybody else you really have interest or? uh, Yeah, um, I wanted to ask you about Rudy Gay where my one trepidation with Rudy is Popovich never wanted to extend him. Uh, minutes wise like even when the situation kind of made sense to like he he was always kind of hovering around that 18 to 22 minute range he had occasional games in the 24 to 25 minute range and that's kind of where this situation is interesting where he's uh, he's he was an excellent fantasy point per minute guy this year uh but can we trust pop to extend him past like that 25 26. Minute per game range. I mean, and then the other side of it is he kind of has to play just because they don't have much trusted depth behind him and Pirtle. So I was curious about your thoughts if he if you do think he can get to that maybe 28 to 32 minute per game range.
0: I think 28 is probably, I, I think that's where I had him kind of pegged, maybe 30 on some nights, 31. I think 32 is probably the ceiling. You're not going to see him playing 36. Right. Uh, you can see DeRozan maybe get up there 34, 35. Pop's not going to play any of these guys, I think, a boatload of minutes. I mean, he knows what they're doing there. I don't think he really feels like they have much of a shot. I believe Rudy Gay is also expected to be a restricted free agent as well, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, or he's going to test free agency. Um, so, you know, there's always that for whatever it's worth, he's probably looking at one more, maybe a year or two year deal, uh try to, you know, tag on to a contender somewhere next season. Uh, right. But we we gotta see on that. So I mean, I'm I'm holding my reserves. I'm not expecting a lot. That's why I, I pretty much have him pegged more as a cash gameplay. I don't really see him going out there blowing the roof off the doors and getting uh, you know 40 DK points or 45 DK points. I mean that that's that's in his tank, but it may be one in every you know 40 games as opposed to uh, we're only looking at him pretty much for eight. So I'm I'm not really gonna be gravitating towards him in GPPs. But I think if it okay. uh, if it rounds out your lineup. You know, it's not a bad play. It's just going to be tough because you're not going to want – if you're playing Pirtle, you're not playing him. That's what it comes down to. So maybe you could look at him. He could be the pivot play to Pirtle, uh, but not one that I'd be excited about because if they're around the same price tag, give would be Pirtle all day long. Agreed. Awesome, man. Look, he's been moving then. We have uh, the Phoenix Suns next on the board. So this is another uh, extremely interesting team because we already have a little bit of news on them. Uh, you know, Ricky Rubio has just arrived – uh, to the bubble. I think it was within like the last uh, 36 hours or so. Uh, and early on, when uh, in the midst of, of the whole pandemic, uh, there was rumors that, or not rumors, there was a report that two players had tested positive for COVID on Phoenix. They did not release the players um, due to that being their medical history and the players asking them not to. Um, but eventually the news does kind of leak out. And it turns out those two players were Ricky Rubio and is Aaron Baines. So Aaron Baines, I believe, is still home. Uh, he's, he's been still testing positive or still recovering. He's going to look, he said he's looking forward to joining the team as soon as possible.
1: I think Um, he just tested positive today. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that there, that is. So he just tested positive today. I, um, I know he did a, I know he did a video interview, I believe it was with Shams and he mentioned, Uh, You know testing positive and I I think he said he I think he maybe just tested positive again because he said he was quarantining himself for um, a while in his house away from his family and then slowly it trickled in that you know different members like of his close family is you know I believe it was his wife maybe somebody else um, had it as well Uh, but he's not with the team nonetheless so and then we also have the other news of Kelly Oubre jr. Uh, And that's the big news that we're kind of waiting on because he says he's 100% he says he's ready to play. Uh, But he's also saying it's right now it's in the it's in the Suns staff's hand. Uh, It's not up to him It's up to the medical staff and if the medical staff says he can play and that he should play that he will play So we have a few interesting things to talk about with this Um, you know another another little quick tidbit that we have is that the uh, You know, we can't really expect any big minutes from Ricky Rubio or Devin Booker to start Ricky Rubio, I think that's probably for certain. Knowing that he was coming back from COVID, he just joined the team. Um, that he's he's a guy that I'm I'm pretty much staying away from. I think early on in DFS, um, especially because you know right off the rip they're expecting a little bit of limited minutes for him and Booker. So uh, why don't yeah. we jump right I, into this, man? What are you expecting? I guess from this team. Let's say um, if Ubre does play, if he doesn't play, I think that's we'll tackle the news one at a time. So we'll we'll start with the Ubre news.
1: I think if Uber does play, this team is pretty close to a full fade for me. Um, I could. I think the Suns are one of the few teams heading to the Orlando bubble, where they just really don't have a whole lot to play for. Where I think they're just going to try to escape the eight games. You know, it's for them to make to get to the nine seed and get to the play-in. It's like they. I think what four teams ahead of them, three, three or four teams ahead of them. That just have to utterly collapse, and and especially now that, like you said, we had the news coming out that Booker is probably going to play less minutes. Rubio is probably going to play less minutes. I think DeAndre Ayton is probably going to play less minutes. Um, and yeah, I can I can kind of just see everyone playing between like twenty five to thirty minutes, and just not a whole just not not a whole lot to like there, especially. You know, if they're if they're the team's not all that motivated. Um, no, I'm and with, you. with without without Ubre though, if Ubre doesn't show up, I think the big play I'll be looking at is Mikhail Bridges. Uh, I think he's a guy that the Suns want to take can take a closer look at. Uh, he's shown the ability to just stay on the floor. Uh, kind of the last couple of months of the season, and you know, nine games that Kelly Ubre did miss you know bridges was at you know 39 points 39 minutes per game sorry and 29 dk fantasy points per game so if he you know he's a cheap 4 4k 4.2k 4. it's like you you'll, you'll take the 39 minutes every day of the week but it's equal money baby yeah um but other than bridges if uber is out it's yeah it's to me that just i don't see a whole lot to like here
0: yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, I'm not like I said off the rip. I'm not trusting Rubio, especially with the news that he just got to the bubble. Um, you know, you already hear him saying that they're going to limit his minutes. Uh, a guy that is probably taking a little bit of time to get into shape. Booker, um, when they say they're going to limit his minutes, that's tough because he's talk. When you hear him talk in the media, he said he's roaring to go. He's been wanting to play. Uh, he's got a lot to prove. He wants to put his head down and just get buckets. Pretty much, that's always been Booker's thing. We know his upside. But which is the caveat? There's going to be a ton of expensive guys that we could pay up for. Um, you said it right. If Uber is in here, the, a lot of that usage goes to him. I mean, we're talking about a guy that when he's on, it's it, he's basically been absorbing uh, 23.5% usage this season, uh, averaging 0.93 DK points. So that just takes up a lot. And then the only other option I think is uh, you know Deandre Ayton. Um, Again, if they're limiting Booker's minutes, I would suppose that they are probably going to or uh, assume that they're probably going to limit Aiton's minutes slightly, especially knowing, like you said, that this team is so far back. They're not really playing for much. Uh, let's just try to get out of this season alive and healthy right now. Might be their number one concern. Uh, Bridges, I don't mind Bridges. Like you said, minutes equal money. If he's going to be playing 39 minutes, I'd be shocked if anybody on this team is playing 39 minutes just because they do have some some young guys that they could just give a couple minutes to Cam Johnson and a couple other guys off the bench. Um, they've shown the willingness to play Cam Johnson, plenty of plenty of minutes early on in the season. And even with everybody healthy, they want to get this kid minutes. So, yeah. um i you know i I just he's a guy that doesn't really get over a point per minute you know you can't really expect much but a forty two hundred if he's around that forty two to forty five range and is playing big minutes I'm with you I think that's a great a great call other than that man Sarge never really does it for me yeah it takes like you know the best matchup and Ubre would have to be out so uh
1: you they all, know they I'll, all kind of they all kind of just eat into each other you know sarge yeah. and Frank Kaminsky and uh check Diallo and that's even with Baines out that's kind of why I'm not super high on ayton is you know they have the bodies behind ayton to where they can keep him you know 28 30 minutes per game like they they don't have to extend him like they might in like a normal situation in the regular season um yeah i mean this i think i think there's a couple plays i think devin booker can definitely be a tournament play um, just if you're kind of betting on he's priced around a lot more attractive guys and if people are kind of skeptical kind of as we're talking about that the Suns don't have a lot to play for you know maybe you can get some good ownership maybe you can get some good value there for booker and tournaments uh maybe Brid- mikhail bridges as kind of a value cash game play or kind of a last piece in kind of guy but other than that just yeah there's not a whole lot here for me
0: yeah, we'll just keep it moving, guys. I mean, let's be real. We don't have to you – don't. You're not you you're not going to have to force any plays. These slates are all going to be pretty solid. Usually they're. I think they're mostly going to be like six or seven-game slates. We'll have options. We'll have other guys we could spend on. Um, you know, maybe we'll ride it out, see what the Suns do with their rotation for the first few games, and then by then we should have a decent idea. But by then it'll probably be their last few games anyway. So right. we'll keep it moving, man. Defending champs are up next, the Toronto Raptors. i uh, really excited about this one, man. I mean – the Raptors have just been a great story, I think, for the past two seasons, just what they've done when they got Kawhi and what they've been doing when Kawhi decided he wanted to take his talents elsewhere. So um, there's not much news really to go on. I think the the, the major key news, I think, uh, when we're talking about the Raptors and what we might have missed since uh, this little break is uh, Pascal Siakam uh, basically came out and said he has barely played basketball in three to four months. Uh, has barely even dribbled or shot or anything. So uh, anytime I hear that, I just keep that little check mark next to that guy and say, all right, well, I don't really trust you for the first few nights then, buddy. I, you know, Rust will be there. I'm sure of it. I'm sure he's been getting plenty of shots up since he's been in the bubble. Uh, but game action a little different. And this guy's not getting tuned up to the T that I think I would want to. And we know the price tag is going to be up there because he's pretty much been an all-star all season long. And, uh, you know, possibly I think he's even getting some MVP conversations. Uh, not that I yeah, believe agreed. he should get it, but um, you know he's in the conversation. And then the other big news, I guess, is that Marcus Sauls looking trim, and he's looking slim. He looks like Marky Mark, like Mark Wahlberg out there. <laughs> uh, this guy, he looks good, man. I mean, for for an old vet, a big, uh, no, normally guys a lot carrying of these around.
1: guys, a lot of these guys took advantage of the break.
0: Yeah, and that's the funny thing is because you always see that guy's, you know, that, that narrative of when the season is getting ready to start, I'm in the best shape of my life right before the season starts. And then you see right. it, and you're like, <laughs> oh, man, you look the exact same. Uh, well, Marc Gasol took the offseason to get in the best shape of his life. He looks good, man. He looks uh, – so, I mean, hey, uh, he looks like the, – the Raptors look like they're serious. You know, they got the same – they're rolling out. They're coming out healthy. They're going to have Lowry, Van Vliet, OG, Siakam, Gasol. They're going to have their regular starting five. And uh, I'm intrigued by the Gasol slimness and the Siakam out of shapeness. So, um, you know, if I had to give a, a bonus to somebody, it'd probably be Gasol. He's generally pretty cheap cheap on the price tag anyway. And with all this time off, the number one concern you have to be with is him staying fresh for playoffs. Well, playoffs are right around the corner, so maybe these first eight games uh, they limit him slightly. But I wouldn't be surprised if this dude's playing thirty-three to thirty-five minutes a night once playoffs hit, because they're serious. They want to try to go back-to-back, back. Um, and I'm excited about him. So why don't you why don't you take it over? Why don't you let me know what you're excited about as far as these Raptors, if anything, um, and if there's anything else, I guess you could take away from those little bit of uh, news updates and tidbits.
1: Yeah. So the Pascal thing. Uh, thinking about it, when I saw that quote, um, I generally don't really care all that much about it because to me it's I don't know how you really quantify it during a game you know if Pascal goes out there and he shoots nine for 23 you know was that because of he didn't shoot basketball for three months or did he just kind of have an off shooting night did he have a tough defensive matchup like I I don't know how you attribute that to a projection for a player um so to me you know it's something to keep in mind but unless you know Pascal he's just awful for you know the first five or six games then then that's to me that's kind of when you start to take note of it a little more but just off the get go it's like i i'd rather trust in you know Pascal Siakam as a talent on this team than you know let kind of a little tidbit of information kind of sway me off what might be a really good projection for Siakam and <laughs> I think overall, just the kind of general Raptors team, and I'd love to get your take, just kind of in ge- uh, overall about this. Is you know they're six and a half games behind the Bucks, so they're not going to catch the Bucks, and then the Celtics are three games behind them. So unless the Raptors just don't win a game, it's really un- fairly unlikely that the Celtics are going to catch the Raptors. So. I'm I've been wondering that if the Raptors kind of just treat this as get kind of get in shape. Everyone maybe doesn't really play full run all the time. You know, maybe they they do for a game here or there. But for the most part, just kind of treat these as preseason tune up games and then be ready to roll for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. I think that's probably exactly what they do. And I think that was my probably my biggest worry of anything with Siakam is that not necessarily he's gonna be as, like he's going to have poor shooting games. I did say rust, and yeah, that could be a factor. Um, it's just not being in game shape. That's the biggest thing you have to worry about is it, whether or not this guy could even play big minutes if they wanted him to. Um, I doubt they go out there and say, you know, we're, I'm, I'm sure maybe they'll treat it just like a preseason, maybe like the last two or three games right before playoffs. They start to turn it up, and their starters are playing 33 plus or 32 plus. But I think for the most part, you'll see most of their starters floating around the you know high 20s um, yeah, at most, definitely. like 30. Um, I wouldn't be shy. I mean, they have a deep bench as well. They have Serge Ibaka, they have Norman Powell, they have other guys that they can go to that are perfectly capable that they also want to tune up. That they're expecting to be very big play. I mean, Norman Powell is potentially one of the six men of the year. Um, so there's they have other guys that they want to get into game shape too. It's not just get your starters ready. Um, But I'm telling you, like right when playoffs hit, I'm looking at Gasol. I think Siakam by then, he'll he'll be good to go. All these guys are going to be options. Uh, But right now, we're trying to just, I guess, weed out the guys that we think have that high upside, the guys that we think that we could take advantage of the rest of the people on the field. Because I mentioned it on one of the first shows that we did. And it said, this is going to be a great time to play DFS. I mean, with all the big layoff from sports, everybody's going to want to jump in here. It's almost like the start of the regular season with so many guys not playing or hurt, you know, COVID, whatever it may be. We're going to have so many different price discrepancies, guys that are underpriced, guys that are overpriced. Um, and we're going to have all this news. We're, you know, that's what it comes down to. It's just putting in a little bit of the work, and we're doing it for you. So it's just knowing and having all this information. And it's a great point that you brought up with the playoff schedule or, or the playoff seeding because they really don't, um, they really don't need to play these guys big minutes. So maybe they, like I said, maybe they opt to towards the end of uh, end of the regular season, I guess. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, I mean,
1: I'm yeah, I'm just just early though. I think. Um, again, this is just the overview and the caveat that we might have to repeat a million times, but just depending on pricing. But I think early on, you know, I could just very easily see, you know, Kyle Lowry playing 27 minutes, Siakam 28 minutes, Marcus twenty two, twenty-three 22, 23 minutes, kind of where the, they just kind of slowly bring these guys along. And then, you know, maybe game six, seven, eight, that's kind of when they get these guys ready for their playoff rotation minutes. So early, I think th- for the most part, the Raptors um the Raptors context isn't great. Isn't good at all. No, we'll have to we'll probably be waiting on them for the playoff schedule before
0: we're getting too much ownership or like you said, maybe that was six, seven, eight games. But uh, man, we only have one more team to talk about. It's one of my favorite young up and coming teams. I'm a Maverick fan, if you did not know, but I'm also a Closet oh, Grizzlies no. fan. Oh yeah. Been I've been a Mavs fan for a while now. I was a big Dirk guy growing up. He's kind of one of the first players that got me into, into loving the NBA and watching basketball and everything like that. So I've uh, been a diehard, and now I'm a diehard Luka fan. So that works out well. I get to root for a guy that looks like he's going to be an all-star for the rest of his career. So that's oh pretty goodness. cool.
1: I, I lose one, I get one. Uh, I, I, so, I lucked out there. <laughs> so I'm a Sacramento Kings fan. Oof. And so now I, I guess I get to hear you tell me how awesome Luca is for the next 15 <laughs> years. When he probably should have been a Sacramento king. Oh, no. He's, well, let's
0: let's be real. He shouldn't, he shouldn't even have been a king. He should have been a son. Yeah. Uh, that was True. ridiculous. So, so you won't get too much flack. I mean, actually, maybe the kings are worse because they saw the mistake that the sons made and they decided to make the same exact one. Exactly. Uh, That's rough. That's that is a little rough, especially you know knowing that what this kid's doing right now. That's gotta. All right, we won't rub it in anymore. Though I'll be nice. (laughs) We got plenty of shows where I can. It's my first show. show. It's my first show. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll come. We'll take it easy on that one. But uh, I'm also a closet Grizzlies fan because I just love the youth on this team. I'm a big Triple J fan, man. I love Jaron Jackson Jr. I love Ja. I love Brandon Clark. Uh, I was high on Jonas for season long fantasy all season long. So I'm I'm very high on this Grizzlies team. Uh, And one of my favorite things, I think, I guess, is they're going to have to play, man. They're trying to get in. They're trying to hold it. And they're going to have to play their guys' minutes. And they have the young guys to do so. And let me ask you, do they take advantage of their youth? Do they run these guys big minutes into the
1: ground against some of these teams who are using them as tune-up games? Again, so kind of the way I understand the playoff Structure is no matter what. If a team is within four games, it's a play-in against the Grizzlies, correct? Or it's like a play-in to to play into the eight seed. Yeah,
0: so there's a play-in for the top for the uh, for the teams within, I believe, four games.
1: Yes. Okay, so for the most part, like again, kind of similar situation to what we were talking about with the Raptors. You know, the Grizzlies are three and a half games up on the Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, and then four games up on the Spurs. So unless the Grizzlies just to- totally collapse and, you know, kind of all the, te- one of the teams or a couple of the teams behind them, uh, just really, you know, they go seven and one, eight, zero, something like that. It's like the Grizzlies are going to be, uh, going to be at the eight seed m- more than likely. Um, so in Kind of my issue with the Grizzlies is kind of they're all healthy now, other than Justice Winslow, who who was ruled out a little bit earlier today. But I I don't know, just the Grizzlies, they they don't really run any of their guys huge minutes. Um, maybe you know for the playing games, you know they just really really ride Jaw and Jaron Jackson Jr. and Dylan Brooks and those guys. But again, I can kind of see a similar situation to the Raptors where. You know they kind of bring these guys along a little bit, a little bit slower, just because it's like they can't, they can't move up to the to the seven seed. They're seven games behind the Mavericks, and then they have a three and a half game or four four game cushion uh, to everyone else. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I definitely, I definitely like Jaw. I definitely like Jaron Jackson. But to me, these guys are a little bit tough to trust in a cash game perspective, just because I don't know if I can trust the minutes here.
0: I think uh, when I'm looking at them, I think I could trust I, I, cause talking about before the break, um, minutes started getting where we wanted them to be. And he was a guy that the minutes were hard to trust. they were up at the high twenties then they'd be low thirties. And he'd have some of those big games where he's playing 36 or 37. Uh, but for the few, I think it was like five or six games prior to the season ending, he was playing 34, 35, 36 minutes. And he was, producing great value so he's a guy that i'm gonna have and i think with justice winslow out we kind of have to see what they were doing because they were playing d'anthony melton at the two um a little bit in that starting lineup um but j triple j was out jaron jackson jr was out of the lineup at that point so it, it's begged, uh, we have to see whether or not it's you know d'anthony playing the two brooks moving up to the three or if they start kyle anderson at the three and play brooks at the two um if if Melton's going to be in the starting lineup a guy that's next usually near minimum salary uh you know i wouldn't mind taking a stab at him in a couple of gpps if i really needed it if i'm looking for that di- lineup differentiator kind of guy super low owned that no one's going to have kyle anderson uh not a great point per minutes guy guy that i'm probably not going to really go near never i never play him unless it's like a rough slate small slate right. uh you know a few more injuries maybe i'd look at him but i mean jonas I don't think I'd mind playing Jonas, man, because he doesn't need the minutes. That's the thing. Really, um, even even with everyone healthy, I don't mind it. No, not at all. He's a guy that we've seen put up the production uh, in 24 minutes, 25 minutes before. He's a he's a double double machine. Um, I don't think I would mind, and he's never priced up. Uh, talking about some of the other centers that are going to be available on a lot of these slates, he'll probably be like the sixth or maybe sixth highest priced center, fifth highest priced center. On a lot of these slates so i don't i don't mind looking at them i'm I, when i'm talking about the guys that i feel comfortable about playing it's the guys that get the most dk points per minute the guys that i know sure. even if they play limited minutes still have a high enough floor where i can i could survive um and then they still possess a ceiling so um you know you bring up great points especially with a lot of these teams not having to play anything i think early on going with those guys that you know they're going to be concerned about tuning up a little bit more or just maybe the guys that are energetic and ready to play. I know John Morant's been talking left and right, kind of same sentiment as Devin Booker, where he just wants to go out there. He what he say? He, he ain't no snitch. Uh, he's not <laughs> worried about snitching. He's worried about exactly. himself right now. Uh, so I, I mean, I'm not gonna be over interested in this. And as big of a Triple J fan I am, probably won't be playing him too much to be honest. So um, you know, I got I kind of gotta wait and see. Uh, he's one guy that wasn't really playing too much before the break. So, you know, now that he's a little bit healthy, he had the time to heal up. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean that he's been playing live active games any like, even before these other guys. So he's a guy that I'm a little bit concerned about, but, um, that's it, man. I don't think I'm going to go to too many of the bench guys. Brandon Clark, he's another guy that's a great point per minute producer. If anything goes down with Jonas, you know, you can slot him in and he's a great option. Uh, but other than that, man, I'm I'm probably just gonna be. It's just Jai and it's just Jonas and maybe D'Anthony Melon in, in like
1: the deepest of tournaments. Yeah, I think one thing we can take advantage of is kind of what we've been talking about. Of oh, some of these teams might work along slowly, and one thing I would suggest is really kind of take a stand at one way or another. So if you if you're going into the season thinking that. Oh, you know, no one's going to play the Grizzlies early. You know, they they don't really extend their guys all that much, and you know they're three and a half games up. You know, it's you know they're they're not a great play. Well, that all of a sudden, if you're getting if you're getting good price tag on them, if you and then if you think you're going to get low ownership, you know you can you can really leverage yourself uh, in a big way. Just playing some of these guys, you know guys on the Raptors that you know, maybe, you know, we, we can obviously be very wrong and, you know, right out of the gate, you know, John Morant's getting 33, 34 minutes and Jaron Jackson Jr. is getting 32 minutes and all these guys are getting kind of their full playoff run. I think that's, I think that's one way to kind of leverage these situations is, you know, if you, if you, if we think that these guys are kind of going to kind of be ignored, then, you know, get them in your tournament lineups may be, be overweight on them.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, let's be real. There's nothing better going into playoffs than momentum. Um, And that's a big thing that a lot of, especially young teams try to capture before they're going into playoffs because uh, you know, I'm a Mavs fan. I got to mention it. Uh, There was a time where they were a one seed, and one of the biggest upsets in basketball history happened and they lost to the Warriors. Uh, And a lot of it was because of momentum and matchups, but uh, that's a. That's we won't go there. Yeah. We'll just talk about the Kings a little bit, more <laughs> maybe, but. No, nah, no, nah, I'm with you. It's good, it's good to kind of just plant your flag somewhere and, and ride it out. I mean, it's the ownership. I think, yeah, you're going to take that into account in GPPs a little bit more than cash. And the second that you're worried about ownership too much, maybe you just maybe that's just a signal to yourself. Uh, but you're right. We could very well be wrong. I mean, we're going to be monitoring this news up until the day that these guys play. And hopefully we get some little tidbits. Well, you know, we might hear that these guys are going to have their minutes limited. And if that case, the decision gets uh, made a lot easier for us. So. All right, man. Do uh, you have anything else on the Grizzlies you wanted to touch on before we take off? No, I, I think that's, that's good. I think that's about it. All right, man. Well, look at that. Quick 40 minutes. Got our first show down. Uh, many, many more to come. Great show. But real quick, before we go. Uh, We do have a couple favors to ask for you guys. If you can just spend a couple seconds or a couple minutes, give us a quick rate review. Uh, We'd greatly appreciate it. The podcast is available everywhere. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, anywhere you can basically find a podcast, a thumbs up, a five-star. It uh, means a lot to us, guys. It helps us grow. It helps us keep getting these wonderful sponsors, so we can keep giving you guys wonderful promo codes to use, so you can get some nice discounts. Because who doesn't like discounts and free stuff? Um, and then, if you can give us a quick follow on Twitter, we would greatly appreciate that as well. You can find me at Mycopatria. Mike That's M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A.
1: And Aaron, why don't you let the good people know where they can find you? Yeah, I'm at I'm. Uh... At AsmusSports, A-S-M-U-S-S-P-O-R-T-S on Twitter. Absolutely. So go give Aaron a follow because
0: he is a voice you're going to hear pretty often now. And he's also going to be producing a few articles for all of our premium members out there. He is going to be contributing to our layup line, which will be a nice little written breakdown of everything he is thinking and feeling about the upcoming slate. And you can catch that early in the a.m. on the morning of the slate. Uh, with your cup of coffee, so I'm I'm really looking forward to everything that you're going to bring to the table over here, Aaron. I know you're going to do some great things, and I had a pleasure today with you. Uh,
1: is there anything else you'd like to say before we take off? No, this was great. This is a lot of fun, and I'm I'm looking forward to kind of picking your brain about GPPs and getting better myself. And I think we can really play off each other well as kind of cash game and GPP guys.
0: Oh, we're going to be like salt and pepper, man. It's going to be a little a little <laughs> bit of sugar, a little bit of spice, a little thunder, a little lightning. Uh, it's gonna be a good time, but that's it. Uh, <laughs> that's all we have for you guys over here. Uh, we'll be back with you guys on Saturday uh, to break down another four teams, I believe. And then, uh, man, we're about halfway through. We got a couple more shows, and then we're right back into the thick of things. And we're gonna be talking about live slates with live pricing and good stuff. So, uh, from everybody over here at Hoopball DFS today, we appreciate you guys. Take care. Have a good day.